Yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jeff. What did you just say? I said I just sent y'all a link to what apparently is the latest Jetpack Man sighting. Ah, cool. Let's take a look at this. What does it say? Once uh, again, near LAX. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that works. I know, huh? Late. This is what. This is Channel Four in uh, presumably LA. Right wing red outfit. I don't know what that means exactly. New details emerge in latest LAX jetpack sighting. FAA recordings add new information to the, what is this is. No, this is like yesterday. Okay. This is, yeah, it's just the news was reported yesterday. The sighting occurred in July, and they're just now getting around to getting the FOIA request filled. Or so. I don't know what that is. Oh, because I, the reason I hesitated and looked at the date was I remember seeing a story a few weeks back about, um, about uh, what? About radio information, radio recordings coming out, which I just kind of discounted at the time. I figured that's, you know, that's live ATC and. You know, the mass media thinks that's exciting, but we know it's kind of routine. Um, but I don't know. Anyways, what does it say here? Air traffic control recordings and documents show the latest jetliner pilot to report seeing what looked like a person flying in a jetpack near the Los Angeles International Airport offered a description of the flying person's clothing. <laughs> this is just like, okay, I don't know. Uh, yeah? Yeah. What do you think? So I think uh, he's he's upped his game a little bit. He's now flying with a red costume or uniform or well, jumpsuit or something. And and uh, branded merchandise. That's how you make money these days. It is. It is. Yeah. Apparently, somewhere in here, they're, they're saying the controller is saying something like, yeah, we're calling him Iron Man. <laughs> Actually, and and since the jetpack guy probably isn't selling his branded merchandise, maybe we should. Maybe we should make a UCAP shirt uh, or sweater or something that has a jet LAX jetpack man on it somehow, some way. Hmm, this is an interesting idea. Maybe, maybe the text should be, "I am not the LAX jetpack man." <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> But I do listen to UCAP, also an embarrassment. No, or, or, but, but the, and then the follow one would be, but I'm willing to be trained. There you go. There you go. <laughs> or once, you know. I, I, I'm willing to learn. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so is this, what, this is like, what yeah, David? What me is how in the bloody hell does this guy get off the ground and landed in dense area like L.A.? And not get seen, uh, you know, taking off and landing. There's that. You see him in the air. There, not only there's there that, but all of the jetpacks that I have seen demonstrated, you know, on the internet video and, and things like that, have very limited endurance. Yep. This guy apparently has enough endurance to not only get to 5,000 feet, but also to zoom around for a little while and then apparently not crash when he or she gets back gets finished and gets on the ground um maybe it really is tony stark we need to find out more about this technology because you know holy crap why not yeah well i mean it's obviously alien technology i mean why why do i need a cessna 172 when i can have this (laughs) yeah okay it's a self-flying aircraft i don't know what that where that came from but uh um uh I don't know. You know, all kidding aside, I don't know. Maybe there's no all kidding aside. Maybe it's all kidding. It's all kidding all the time. I, this is weird. I wonder what's, how this is going to turn out. This is like. Oh, this is a great quote from the story. Yeah. Uh, quote, man in the jetpack was reported right here about 15 minutes ago now, and no one else reported him. So I think he got scared, unquote, the controller said. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I would be a little scared if, if you know, people were shooting Airbuses and Boeings at me. Yeah. I'd be, uh, uh, I think, you know, boy, bird strikes can be bad, but can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> That's like it, that old. Go ahead. Ingesting that guy with his pack into, you know, one of the 10 foot diameter GE turbo fans. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like that old. Everybody's seen this image of of uh, Santa impaled on the front of a of a Boeing, yeah. uh, paint, painted on you know presents, right. fa- presents and reindeer and sled and all that kind of yeah yep. same kind same kind of thing you know and and maybe we should just put a bounty on whoever whoever hits him you know uh, whoever hits him gets a thousand dollars I don't know. 
Uh, and, well, and 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 a Larson cartoon in their name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Right. Yes. Yeah. What's a jetpack man doing way up here in a cloud? You know. Now, now, hang on. So this story says. So this is the ATC tra- radio traffic. The controller says, "Was he off to your left or your right?" The pilot says, "Off to the right." Why do I have in the in your mind? Was this guy to the north of that arrival track or to the south? I had always envisioned it to being to the north, to the left. Well, there's some clues in this. Now, the the news story says that this was at some fix. They're they're calling gate, and they're spelling it G A T E. Yeah. Now, that's not a, a valid name for intersection or a fix, right? Um, so I'm sure that if someone looked at, um, the, uh, intersections and, and navade names in the LA area, they would come up with the, the correct fix. It's too bad. And we don't have a device. It's uh, a shame we don't have a device and I'm kind of, kind of hampered here. Yeah, I'm going to take a quick look here. And but, see if, uh, if we did that, we would find some fix that resembles gate. And we would know which approach these aircraft saw this on. So we would know whether it was north or south of, of the uh, final approach uh, into the LAX. Yeah. Holy crap. Just scanning the map isn't going to work. That's, no, a, com- that's a complex area. Uh let me let me take that under advisement here. Well, you yeah, you're you're on you're you will talk about this in a second, but you're under limited facility you know, infra uh what's the word? Equipment. You're you're well, yeah. But uh so you don't have your normal thing here. Anyways, well that wasn't what I was gonna talk about, but that was a good one. Um what was I gonna talk about? Hang on, let's see if it's worth going back doubling back for here. Uh where are we going here? Uh well, radio well, traffic says he's north, so well, uh, they're wait a landing. They're landing two, uh, two seven. Yes, north, right. I'm sorry, and I had always in, in in my in my imagination as I was visualizing this whole thing. For some reason, I had it in my head that the jetpack guy was off to the left of these approaching aircraft, which would put him to the south. I don't know what I said a minute ago, but to the south. Um, and uh, But yes, this story clearly says he was to the right, which would be to the north of the approach track. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, there's, there's, a, there's a gate intersection, G-A-A-T-E, in, in Southern California. It's associated with a different airport. Um, well, I've got the VFR map in front of me. What what airport is it associated with? Hang on a second. I went beyond that. Hang on. Uh, it's associated with um, the nearest landing site. Here is the is, is some heliport, but apparently it's the the nearest airport is um, San Gabriel Valley Airport, uh, Kilo Echo Mike Tango. Yikes. Okay. That it's a, it's a, nearly um, as hard to find as gate. It's uh, on an, uh, it's apparently it's on a, an approach procedure, but it's in LA County. How'd you spell that intersection again? G A A T E. Correct. Uh, no, the FR flight map doesn't find anything with that. No, it wouldn't because it's on an approach procedure. Yeah. So, okay. Well, all right. Uh, it's probably on an arrival into LAX and, and, uh, um, hang on a second. Let me grab my uh, my iPad. Hang on. Okay, iPad in hand. Yeah, fi- firing up for flight. Let's see what we can see. By the way, VFR flight vfrmap.com also shows IFR charts. So I'm looking at the IFR chart now. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> this intersection. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me change. Um, charts it's got to be in this area here right this is <laughs> yeah folks there's probably been editing you this is something a lot of silence here as we're pondering this whole we're going to solve this for you though it's going to be worth the wait okay so according to this the um the fix in question is <clears throat> it's not published on the low altitude ifr chart oh. but the fix is east of LAX and is more or less on a straight in to LAX. Um, let me pull up. Um, let me do something else here. So procedure approach. Two five right. 
Oh, two seven. Wait a minute. East is this way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And when, uh, tell me again about your last BFR. I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, see, no, it's this is a California thing. So here it is. It's yeah. Gate intersection G A A T E. Yeah. Is um on the uh, ILS two five left approach at LAX. It is seventeen point five. Uh, nautical from LAX from the ILS antenna. Okay, and that's a uh, two five one inbound heading. So it's um, um, zero seven one um, from LAX, just slightly north of east. Yeah. Okay. And uh, coincidentally, the uh, crossing altitude for that fix is five thousand feet. So maybe the guy's really just shooting the ILS for practice and not doesn't, doesn't want to talk to anybody. That's what it is. I'm sure. That's what. Maybe it is. the jetpack guy's working on his instrument ticket. You know, you never know. I, I want to know more about what gyros he's using. Yeah. Um, um, the safety pilot situation gets a little gnarly there, though. Um, it could yeah. be like that tandem parachute thing that they do where they strap the yeah. safety pilot yeah. to your chest or something. Well, and maybe maybe there is another pilot associated. Maybe we're only seeing one jetpack man, and the other guy is, uh, you know, uh, a couple of, I don't know. Wait, wait. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. The safety pilot, all kidding aside, a safety pilot can't be in another aircraft, can they? No. No, no, I so. <laughs> no. But, I but, so. but but this is a jetpack, so <laughs> yes. you have to you, you have to be special, a little flexible. Special rules, I get it. Yeah, okay. It's right. Well, you know, have, if, if it's light enough, uh, it's an ultralight. You don't need a ticket. Uh, so he's just practicing for the to, because he wants to be proficient. He's just like being responsible. Is what Jack, you're saying, Jack? He has an exemption. Yeah, right. It's like alien technology, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I want to. I want to see the hood that he's wearing to do this. Yeah, uh, I've completely lost the flick here. Where is this thing here? Uncontrolled airspace. Oh, uh, that's right. We're doing a podcast. We're not uh, just talking, are we? Uh, the list uh, is over here. Uh, hang on. I'm almost there. All right. Here we go. Oh, okay. So the thing I was going to talk about is almost related. Um, it's uh, uh, So apparently somebody is working on some technology that will allow po- drone detection. A drone detect. So this is from Avweb. So and this is our buddy, not our buddy, but you, maybe you guys, yeah, buddy. Yeah, our, our bus, Russ Niles. Our Russ, buddy, Niles Russ Niles, right. Yeah, yeah a co- colleague, friend, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's not April 1st, so um, drone detection app in works. A Denver pilot says he has successfully tested an app that can detect drones that might conflict with aircraft. Okay, i got to read more here because that doesn't make any sense to me at all, how that could be even possible. Um, oh, and he did it under a NASA-funded contract. Yeah, Drone Traffic CEO. Drone Traffic is apparently the name of the company or the app. CEO Rick Zelenka said the test was conducted at Platte Valley Airport in Hudson, Colorado as a result of a NASA-funded contract to develop a drone detection system for aircraft. It, spo- it spots spo- spawns a draught. It's spots a drone. <laughs> it spots a drone um, and it identifies it, he told the Denver Channel. Uh, then that information is shared on the ground, then it's shared with other pilots in the sky, Zelenka said. Uh, he said the system is designed to spot drones that are flying where they aren't supposed to, including close to airports. All right. Does it? T- I'm, I'm not going to read the rest of this article out loud, but um, does it? How? what's the technology that does this? How does it sense drones? It doesn't say. It's magic. It's alien technology. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, there you go. I don't know. I, 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 I want to know whether there's going to be a, a spinoff for flying for jetpack man detection. And, uh, yeah. Well, there, that is a segue, I will admit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you got to um, like – I mean, sometimes when you're a startup, you need to pivot. That's the word they use, pivot. You need to pivot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you may make more money selling selling LAX-bound airliners technology that lets them avoid – I'll say they probably do pretty well selling LAX Jetman T-shirts. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm poking around this this dronetraffic.com site. It's drone-traffic.com, and they've got an about page or an updates page. And yeah, and one of some of the text here reads, um, "With a system mounted on a cockpit tablet, a yes. Cessna 172 operated in the traffic pattern, detected a drone that the team flew in the vicinity, but safely clear of the Cessna." Watch the video to see the test. Um, if if this is simply an app that installs on your iPad, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, at the very least, it sounds like there's an app on your iPad. Whether the app it's whether the app on your iPad is what spots the drone, or right. whether it is communicating right. with some base, some ground based server is is kind of my question. Yeah. Um, but and ultimately, I want to know how it's whatever it is that's sensing the drone. I want to know how it's sensing the drone. Is it is this just some sort of a of a of a ADSB related? version of the um what was the the proximity warning system that was based on vor pings for does that even still exist um you know what i'm talking about um there it wasn't vor pings it was transponder pings transponder pings excuse it was, me yes it was the um right because trans, transponder traffic system or something like that right it still exists but it's been superseded right yeah. What did it do? As I recall, it it listened to transponder pings, right? And 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 if they were loud enough, it said, "Oops, that must be pretty nearby," and gave you a warning. Well, I'm kind of wondering if this, you know, just kind of looks for. I don't I don't know what they're going to be using in software for to discriminate any of this, but I wonder if they're just looking for Wi-Fi um, uh, radios uh close by shouting loud and loud the problem with that is everybody's got wi-fi and yeah. you gotta you gotta be you know really in rural area before you're not gonna pick up another wi-fi system and have to be at a certain altitude yada yada i, I don't know how this works it does apparently have some patents um according to this this page um u.s patent and trademark office issued a third patent to this company yeah. Well, so, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, maintaining separation from drones is a good thing, and if this guy's figured um, something out, God bless him. And yeah, uh, um, yeah but I'm, I want to learn more about how this technology works. And uh, so, okay, all right. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, they've they, they they've got something substantial enough to get a patent, or at least to get a drawing from the patent office. Yeah. I mean, it requires something to get a patent, but it doesn't require much, right? It's, yeah, it, the, 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 the threshold for getting a patent is not as high as it used to be. Yeah. Um, this site is, or this page I'm looking at anyway, copyrighted 2020, so they've been at it a little while. Yeah, so, okay. All right, well, I, like I said, I think I think there's another market opportunity to set, det- detect jetpacks, but we'll see how whether or not yeah. they, you know. Uh, I'm already going to have to get another iPad because Apple came out with the Mini Six. So I, you know, I don't want another. How many iPads am I going to have to have in my cockpit? Uh, just one, but you probably want the latest, greatest. That new one is pretty cool, by the way. The new it is the new it iPad is. Mini is really really cool. Um, even for people who don't like iPads, um, it's a pretty neat device. Uh, the guy in 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 guy here raises his hand. But yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, well, listen. Um, welcome, folks. By the way, uh, to un- <laughs> uncontrolled airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from uh, high atop the banks of uh, the Cochico River here in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, which is about to become a happening place. I don't know whether we're going to talk about that or not. I, maybe we will. Anyways, um, but. Uh, um, Based on what I've heard about hotel reservations lately, maybe already, not. Maybe, maybe it already not. is a happening place. But anyways, uh, I'm here talking to you from uh, my little virtual hangar, talking to my two good friends, and uh, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell you about what's going on in my world right now. It's just, it's beautiful. It's, it's not, ex- it's not technically um, Indian summer yet because we have Indian summer doesn't technically happen until after first frost, and we haven't had first frost yet. But uh, but the weather, although the weather got a little chilly, it got kind of October normal chilly for about a week or so, and now it's back to being seventy degree days, and it's kind of beautiful. Um, and uh, um, so so it's it's nice up here right now. Um, and uh, but I'm here in my in, in our virtual hangar talking to my two good friends uh, from uh, the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. Is uh, Dave Higdon? Good morning, David. How are you doing? So far, so good. I was, uh... 
haven't had any drones flying through my pattern here lately. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say there was a drone thing up here recently, but I can't think what it was. Anyways, we had the, okay. Anyways, uh, li- life's good, David. Uh, weather's good. Uh, uh, yeah, no tornadoes. No. Uh, no. Uh, Hundred degree days. No. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even think we've seen ninety for the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely fall. Um, yeah, I, I, it, I, I would it, bet uh, even the Florida people think that summer's over, but. But there aren't any Florida people here. That's not dropping another hint. Um, not exactly. Uh, well, cool. And my other good friend here in the virtual hangar from normally from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, but but on the road today or in the well, he's anyways he's not home right now. Is Jeb is uh, Jeb Burnside? Good morning, Jeb. How you doing? Good morning. Never let remind me never to entrust you with a secret. Yeah, I know, huh? I just okay. Uh, if this is really a secret, I can fix no, it. No, it's not a secret, but 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 that's kind of my point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I I often rely on the fact that I control the horizontal and I control right. control the vertical, um, and that I can fix things. No, but uh, I, I find myself today in Albany, New York. Yes, uh, and, and or in the Albany, New York area. In the Albany, New York area, actually in Johnsonville, which is a burg out to the east on the way to Vermont. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, old, 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 close buddy of mine uh, uh, up came, came up here to visit, uh, spend some time with, um, in part because I just had to get out of Florida. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. Okay. I couldn't There's do that. There's just so much going on in Florida right now. It's just, I had to get, a, get my head out of that space. And uh, here I am. Now, having said that, I mean you've only been there for a couple of days now, but does it feel different? What's is it is it refreshing in any respect? Yes and no. The the certainly the weather's changed, and I, you know I've long maintained that a general aviation airplane is really just a weather modification machine. You have yes. You, you get in it, you close the door, manipulate the controls for a couple hours, open the door, get out. The weather's changed. Yes, um, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot more, um, stress free than, uh, would be normal, I guess, uh, for this time of the month for me. Um, and, um, some good conversations, some good food and, and, uh, some sites that I haven't seen ever or haven't seen lately. And, uh, yeah, I'm having a good time. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just vacation. It's, it's more than a staycation. It's, it's less than uh, going overseas or going, you know, like I need to go to the beach, but, uh, go to, go to the mountains or something like that for a vacation. So it's, it's kind of in between. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do we want to talk about where you're going next? I'm probably knock wood hoping to darken your door. I know afternoon. you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You and I haven't seen each other for a couple of years. Uh, not quite that long, but a year and a half. Um, year, year so and a half. Your, visiting you was one of the last road trips I did before uh-huh. the pandemic hit. Uh-huh. Um, we, we actually, we sort of knew the pandemic. We didn't realize how serious it was at the time. But when I was visiting you was the very, it was January of 2020. Right. So in, you know, and we kind of weren't taking it terribly seriously at the time. In retrospect, we had all these clues floating around that right. something was about to happen right. and, uh, right. or was already happening. Right. And, uh, yeah. So that's when, when I, when we last actually worked together and, and yeah. David, you and I, it's been even longer than that. I haven't seen David since Oshkosh of nine of 19, I believe. Yeah. yeah it's been ages. Yeah. yeah. Dave and I got together in, uh, in June in Dallas for the right. AEA show. So, you know, I checked that box at least, you know, for the time being, that box is starting, the, the check in that box is starting to fade and, and Dave and I need to put our heads together to do something about that. But, uh, yeah. hopefully I can check the box here to, to see Jack uh, later today. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. We're going to, uh, yeah, you're yeah. going to come up here and, uh, we're going to, I, you know, we're going to try and see some sites and I've got a, I've got a whole itinerary. I can't, I'm just like, it's been, I don't know what's going on in my head here, but I've this got is all, like, this is like visiting grandma. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, the, uh, so I've got all these restaurants picked out and, and, and a handful of, of sightseeing spots. Um, you know, I'm probably going to take you to a lookout point, uh, just so you can uh, visualize and see what that's all about and what I've been Look talking out, about. Look out point. Yeah, I know. Right. And, uh, um, 
and then you'll see get a chance to see the uh, the uh, uh, the raging Cochico River, and, uh, and um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll be a little bit more relaxed. Yes, it actually is very calm right now, and uh, I was I walked by the falls the other day, and uh, it's it's very 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 mellow right now. And the train, I'll show you the train tracks, the legendary infamous train tracks here. Um, so yeah, um, it's going to be good. To, it's going to be great to see you, and uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm, maybe, I'm, look, I'm looking you know, forward to it. All jokes aside, looking forward to seeing you. For yes, sure. yeah, and we'll post something. Maybe we'll put some, we'll certainly put something on Twitter. Um, if not, even I don't know. Maybe we'll record a daily or something silly like that. But I don't know. Um, but we'll uh, we'll uh, I'll see you later today. I think maybe. later today is the plan. It's yeah. It's, it's I'm you know knock wood aiming to to get back to the airport around two two thirty and then it's like a forty five minute hop over to you with the tailwinds today. So mm-hmm. um, shazam. Yeah. Very cool. Very but cool. I'll, I'll, but don't don't use that as a metric. I mean, I'll I'll ping you and give you an update. I know how to, I know how to stalk you in flight. Um, so uh, yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, cool. What else? Yeah. Is, so all right. Enough of that foolishness. What's going on here? There were a couple things here. Uh, we're we're in we're in a we're in an era right now of UCAP minimalist UCAP. Uh, it was you know for years I used to create this great big elaborate list that must have had you know ten items on it, and I've discovered the last couple episodes that uh, two epi- two items is actually better. And so and then in, we yeah you know, in, in fact our list uh, uh, t- things we want to talk about over the years is actually a kind of a historical snapshot of the history of general aviation over the last umpteen years. It really is. It's, it's a, not a bad reference uh, source. I, yeah. I, and it sounds like you do refer to it. And I'm, that's, that's great. I, I, ha- I have on occasion. Yeah. yeah. You can, cause the, cause every list back to, I don't know whether we started with number one, but it goes way back to the very earliest days of this podcast. Um, it shows um, what we, what we put on the list and what we actually talked more or less shows what we actually talked about. And, uh, uh, a lot of dead links, a lot of broken, a lot of broken web URLs, but, uh, but a lot that still work. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, we should try and figure out to do something, how to do something with that. But, uh, anyways, uh, what's going on here. So, uh, we talked about the drone detection. This is not the same story, is it? No. Um, this well, is... we talked about the drone detection. That's not the second item. Is the, the is is be afraid, be very afraid. Yeah, why the is FAA that? is developing new software. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? Here we yeah. go. Here we go. Here we uh, go. So this is from our uh, our 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 favorite aviation news source, uh, Yahoo News. Um, <laughs> no, actually, it's apparently from Axios, which is also a favorite of ours. I, I barely know what Axios is. What is Axios? Axios isn't Axios a political site? No, um, that's Atrios. I'm sorry, that's Atrios. Yeah. Um, Axios is whatever Axios is. It's being um, reported now. It's being echoed on Yahoo News with new software. The FAA moves to end long lines of aircraft waiting to take off. Uh, and uh, first graph: the Federal Aviation Administration will imp- implement a software program at 27 domestic airports that is designed to minimize airport taxi delays and all but eliminate. Oh well, okay, all but eliminate the long lines of aircraft that can build up uh, uh, ahead of takeoff. The agency announced jointly with NASA on Tuesday. Yeah, this sounds like a Bravo Airport uh, issue. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, sure it's oh. a Bravo Airport thing. Um, you know, and so they're going to but, – but, you know, what is software going to do to reduce the the lines of airplanes waiting on the taxiway to take off other than just make them wait at the gate for takeoff? Uh, Bingo. And, yeah, yeah you know which might be a more you know might be a little bit less stressful situation for the passengers and the crew for that matter but um but still you know i i wish they'd give me this contract because i can do this you know for a lot cheaper that won't take nearly as long to test and implement just put me in the tower yeah. and, and only allow a maximum of two airplanes to be um in the Push. on deck in the on deck circle yeah and it's simple. Yeah. And if we save, we'll save all this fuel and all this pollution and all this time and, and effort. And I'll be happy to take whatever you want to pay me for this. Yeah. But you know that every, every technological solution these days must include AI and machine learning. So, um, and you don't fall into either of those two categories. <laughs> I don't friend. fall into AI or machine learning. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm machine unlearned. So. Yeah. So, anyways. 
And and then and as you alluded in in when you introduced this subject, there's also the question of the FAA developing software, which is always kind of a which is always thing. which is yeah. always iffy. Now, the, the further down in the story, you know, don't don't get your hopes up here, folks. Don't start running out and tell you, hey, I can I can walk onto the airplane at the last minute and we'll taxi out and take off. The the, the fine print here says. Um, Rollout, and they've already done some testing apparently, rollout will begin in early 2022 and take several years, the FAA said. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I, I smell a hardware change coming too. I was, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. Talk about going back through our back catalog. I was looking at past, past not the list, but actual episodes and, and show note lists. And I came across a sh- an episode from in our past where we talked about um, that the, uh, that the uh, FAA had announced this new system, this new program um, that there was going to help with, uh, you know, in-flight separation and stuff called ADSB. Um, and uh, um, it was from like, you know, 2007 or something like that. All right. You know, and they, and, and they had, they had announced that they were going to require everybody to have this in their aircraft by 2020. And I can almost remember us saying 2020, that's like forever in the future. What the heck? Um, but it, it, you know, A, it took that long for real. And B, I, so I, I remember back in the day um, when we were at Oshkosh one year and I was still working on the newspaper, um, FAA had um, one of their jets and they were doing um, demo rides out of, out of Oshkosh uh, demonstrating ADSB. And somehow I got, you know, selected to go on the ride and um, we're, we're in this Business, FIA biz jet. We take off. We go zoom out over the, uh, Lake Michigan and whatnot. And this FAA associate administrator is, is telling you know, look, it gives you traffic in your cockpit. It gives you weather in your cockpit. It does. And I looked at him. I said, I have that now. I talked to a controller. He tells me there's traffic. Uh, you know, twelve o'clock <laughs> and five miles. Okay. Yeah. Um, I he tells me the weather. I get that over ATIS. I said, you know what is the real benefit here. And of course the real benefit to ADSB is it relieves the FAA's uh, employee demands and the, the employee workloads. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it you kinda, know, but it, it kind of baffled him, didn't it? He was nonplussed. Um, but no you know what in in, to their to their to their credit to their i don't know to you know in their defense faa's defense um they did implement next gen that's you know it was great that didn't take too long and it's all fixed all finished oh wait it's not finished yet is it next Next, next, and and it's been about 10 years so far oh it's been more than 10 we've been talking about next gen since we started this podcast and that's that's 42 years 15 years. Um, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, the FAA, they're going to have it, they're going to have it start rolling it out in 12 months, less than 12 months, not eight, you know, early 22. What's that? Six months. Uh, yeah, this is October. Early 22 is three months, three months, but well, yeah. In the software biz, whatever unit they're talking about, they're talking about the end of that unit. So if they say Q1, (laughs) if they say Q1, it's, March, all right. I, I, forgive me. You yes, know, I'm, I'm, the, my, the, the fresh air here got yeah. the best of me. Yeah. So early 2022 means the end of early 2022. This is one of the lessons I've learned of a, of a career in the software industry. Um, okay, well, I don't know what to say. It's like, I, you know. It's a solution in search of a problem. Well, I mean, it's not. It's a solution. In, yeah, okay. You get my point, I think. It's, again, I, I just think, you know, um, the, the airlines want to push um, on time. Yeah. And they want to get to their destinations on time. And they have a lot of fluff sometimes built into their, their push and arrival schedules. And um, now there's always this this DOT rule that, you know, anything 15 minutes later or I don't know what the parameters are, generates a report and the airlines get graded on their on-time records and and all this nonsense. Okay, great. I understand all that. That's kind of a self-inflicted wound. But um, if they just don't taxi out before they're able to take off and join the the in-route system – 
And it's not a matter of airspace is too congested. It's a matter of there not being enough pavement. Yes, yeah. so. and that's exactly. I mean, we've said that many times over the years. Uh, many and many aviation pundits say the same thing. The problem is not with the sky. The problem is with the ground. And uh, yeah, but, um, uh, the the problem is that nobody in aviation has come up with a pause button. If you just the controller clicks the pause button and all the traffic just stops where it is in the air and lets everything on the ground get out of the way and then off. You click the pause button again, and it starts running again. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. There are games that work that way. Yes, but the real world is an, it, it, real world of ATC is not a game. Right, right. This isn't a game. Well, it depends on you know what you're up to and who you're with <laughs> and and what the weather is. But yeah, Elon Musk tells us that this is just a simulation. We're basically living in the Matrix, and uh, um. You know, so they, they're, you know, we may not realize it's paused. I mean, we could be paused right now. Between those last two words I spoke, there could have been a long pause because we, we, it's a, it's a, it's a, I was going to say it's a Schrodinger's cat thing. I don't know. It's a something thing. There, uh, there is no spoon and there is no traffic. Okay. There you go. <laughs> There's another one I'm going to have to look up. All right. What's next? Um, oh, I know what it is. <laughs> okay. I can't imagine why, but if you like what we're doing with this podcast, <laughs> please Boy, consider. Boy, now that's a God destined for marketing. Uh, you know, please, uh, please consider, please consider supporting us with a financial donation. As little as a few dollars really does help us doing this podcast. There are expenses and, and, uh, and whatnot. Um, you can send individual donations to the UK tip jar via paypal uh, big thanks to uh, a handful of recent and special uh, uh, you know notable tip jar supporters lyndon n and michael s michael f david w and many others thank you very much or you can become an automatic monthly supporter via patreon uh, thank you to some of our, our recent patreon supporters chris h jonathan s Stephen d benu William H., Jonathan H., Jennifer H., Colin C., and so many others, all of you folks. Uh, you're, you folks are the best. Thank you so much for your, your support. Uh, for more information about providing automatic monthly support, uh, you can check out patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace, or you can make a PayPal donation to the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. You can get all this information if uh, you didn't quite get it now uh, by clicking on the box in the right-hand column of the UCAP homepage. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, there was something. What was next? I'm sorry. Where did I go? Where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, okay. So here we go. This is this. I, I don't know whether this is interesting. I kind of thought this was interesting. So on a recent episode, I think it was the last episode, we were joking around about whether, not joking, but we were kind of wondering about whether NASA, for example, was general aviation. We were wondering whether um, whether the Mars rovers were, or, 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 or whether Ingenuity, the, the Mars rotorcraft, is, is general aviation or or the other. All right. Um, and, and we kind of came to some conclusions that were a little bit tongue in cheek, but w- conclusions. I heard from a listener. I heard from a listener who, and, and he started out by saying that, that, oh, by the way, and we also concluded that, that like SpaceX's um, civilian th- launches and, and Blue Origins launches and, and, uh, and Virgin's um, launches w- we thought they were general aviation because they were clearly civilian and clearly, you know, not military or, or scheduled aviation, scheduled uh, um, airlines. Um, he suggested, this listener suggested that anything above a certain altitude could not be categorized as general aviation. And he got into this whole rap about it. If a flight couldn't be flown VFR, then it, couldn't be called general aviation. And I think that's mistaken. Um, totally. Yeah. Because it doesn't, the, the two are not connected that way. Um, but, uh, and, and maybe I should let that listener clarify his thoughts because I don't, I'm not repeating them back correctly, but, um, but here's, it did prompt me. It did prompt me to wonder whether or not there is in fact an actual definition of general aviation, or if it's just kind of a, a casual thing that, that, you know, it, is it really a category of, of, of type of flight? Um, like does, 
FAA define general aviation. All right, and uh, and and I did some research and I discovered that uh, that there there are some international definitions. Apparently, something IOPA I AOPA. Yeah. Um, .eu, which sounds like the international version, international flavor AOPA program. Correct. Um, yeah. And uh, and and they have on their website, anyways, a definition of what is generally. And it's a long definition. I'm not going to go into it here. Um, the, 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 I, the thing I guess I find interesting is that there's even a definition. But what would you guys have thought before that I brought this up? Is general aviation just kind of a convenient, kind of a fun categorization, or is it a, is it a real legal definition? Well, I'd have to say it's a. a, a, a I wouldn't hang legal definition on it. But I don't know whether it'd stand up in a in a court case per, per se, but it is definitely a well defined category. And they taught me this when I worked at AOPA about forty years ago. Uh, it, general yeah. aviation is all aviation that's not commercial or military. Okay, hang on. I think you misspoke. It's not 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 commercial. Um, it's it is not, not not scheduled airlines, right? It's anything that is not a commercial operation or military is general aviation. Okay, but there are commercial operations that are general aviation. Now you're talking about 135 stuff, and that's uh, in my mind uh, that's still general aviation well maybe i'm maybe i'm not maybe there's subtleties to this definition that i'm not familiar with when i think of commercial operation i think of an operation that requires a commercial pilot's license um and and there are many operations that require a commercial pilot's license that i would definitely categorize as general aviation correct Um, yeah um, and so I, I've always, and I've said this on the podcast, and I say it to everybody. My my basic definition of general aviation is basically what you just said with a, with a twist: military or scheduled airlines. Um, and and that kind of begs the question of whether or not, like charter, whether when the airlines fly a charter or 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 cargo, uh, whether that's general aviation or not. I don't know, but. Uh, um, you know, but it does. So let's kind of address one one issue that the the listener brought up, which is it, it's not related to altitude. Definitely not, and it's not related to whether or not IFR versus VFR. Definitely um, not. Yeah, Jeb, you're awful quiet. Any thoughts? Yeah, I I I tend to uh, um, agree with you both. Okay, it's certainly can't distinguish it from between IFR and VFR. You you can distinguish, um, I mean, there's a lot of commercial operations that occur under Part 91. Uh, parachute jumping. Um, crop dusting. Crop dusting. Aerial photography. Um, things of that sort that, depending on for whom you do it and uh, how you do it, may require a commercial pilot certificate. Okay. Um, there's part 135 that also, you know, minimally at least, also includes scheduled operations of small aircraft. Uh, uh, Cape Air comes to mind as a, as a perhaps an example. Um, but that's, I, I would call Cape Air a commercial operation, mainly because of its scheduled nature. Uh, anything that is 121 uh, that is operated scheduled um, is is commercial aviation. I would tend to draw the distinction between, say, um, a non-scheduled charter of an airplane, a 757, that says Delta on the side of it that's used to carry a sports team. Now, there are other sports team regulations out there um, that uh, may or may not be relevant, but if I'm just chartering a Delta 75, um, a lot of that has to be done under Part 121 because that's what Delta's op specs are. But it, its operation, is act, the actual flight of it, is closer to Part 91 than it is to 121. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different nuances. Um, there is some shading. Yeah, there is there is some shading, and you know, um, let's say let's aerial firefighting. 
Okay, and, and uh, Caltrans or Cal Fire or whatever it's called, Cal Fire, um, yeah, um, doing doing its uh, uh, firefighting um, uh, efforts from the air. That um, is probably a public aircraft operation because it's a government entity that's responsible. It may not be responsible for the ownership of the aircraft, but it's certainly responsible for the operation of those aircraft and where they operate, when they operate, what they do when they're operating. Um, so that's another kind of sort of gray area um, that we can add or tack on to the end of the military exception. Um, so this particular definition also uses the phrase um, air work or aerial work. Yes. And and they, they um, um, let me find it here. Yeah, aerial work activities, and and they expand the definition of GA, put a slash after GA, and and add an AW. Uh, GA slash AW is the way they term it. Yeah, and uh, um, that implies that you know something more useful than shooting touch and goes is occurring, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, when we talk about general aviation, it's 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 a very broad term. It uh, excludes commercial. Uh, um, let me let me back up. It excludes commercial scheduled operations, and it excludes military and public use operations, but includes everything else. Yeah. Now, but, but, now that still doesn't you know resolve you know the blue origin sure. and, and, and and all that kind of thing, um, because those are private operations, even though they operate under a different set of regulations. Uh, with the FAA and, and of course, you know, exceed 60,000 feet, yada, yada. Uh, I'm willing to be convinced it's certainly another gray area, but uh, I come in the door thinking that's a general aviation operation. Yeah. Before we move on, I just want to, uh, could one of you help me out here? Um, there, there's, you, you guys both made reference to something a couple minutes ago that we've referenced over the years many times, and I confess to always being a little bit unclear of what it means. Could one of you give me a quick little, if possible, a quick definition of what is Part 121 operations and what are Part 130? I believe it's 121 and 135 are the two relevant numbers. Am I right? And if so, what what's what's a 121 operation? It's a shame we don't have some device. I, I'm sure we don't, but I've got you guys. I keep telling you this. <clears throat> uh, but s- scheduled airlines and their uh, associated charter operations. 121. Okay. 121. And I believe, I believe there's a seat, uh, a seat count that breaks 135 and 121 apart. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I think I mean, but, and, over a certain number of seats, it's going to be 121. Uh, and, and I'm fishing from memory of my time at Air Transport World, where most of what I did involved the, uh, uh small regional airlines and they were mostly operated under 135 uh, and there were even some airplanes that built for that market that limited the number of seats they put in there so it didn't push the airplane it into the next category 121 hmm, uh, interesting the Saab, the Saab 340 for example was uh, it could have had 35 or 36 seats in it, but most of them were operated with less than that so that they would come in under the uh, 135 heading. Interesting. Uh-huh. Jeb, I know you're working with limited screen space here. Were you looking into that to see if you could come up with yeah, an actual? Yeah, kind of, sort of. I'm, I, I haven't dived into 121 in a long time, so um, I, uh, I'm poking but, around here. Um, let's see. Um, we're actually, we actually need to refer to Part 119. Okay. Part 119 um, basically um, uh, deals with uh, operating certificates, um, fitness for an entity to provide air transportation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, um, When common carriage is not involved, and I'm just kind of screwing up here. Hang on a second. Um, this governs parts 121 or addresses part 121, 125, and 135 operations. 125 is basically um, non-scheduled operation of large aircraft, um, charters, that kind of thing. Um, it's 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 almost a matter of what it does not 
govern than what it does govern. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, each kind of operation to be conducted in each class and size of aircraft to be operated under parts 121 or 135 of this chapter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one demarcation is 20 or more passengers or maximum payload capacity of 6,000 pounds or more basically is a 121 operation. Okay. Okay. So is that the difference? So yeah, see, it's, it's I, a I, difference. Now, here's, yeah. here's another punchline. Yeah. Um, Aircraft like the ATR-42, aircraft like, um, I don't know, maybe the Saab 340, uh, et cetera, et cetera, entered service in the U.S. as Part 121 aircraft. Um, mainly, uh, they were used uh, uh, as uh, regional aircraft feeders, really like, say, from Albany to JFK. Um, over the years... Um, the regulation and the, and the um, treatment of those aircraft uh, has evolved a little bit, um, and they're increasing use uh, for uh, air cargo operations. Mm-hmm. Even though they have a payload uh, in excess of, in this case, 6,000 pounds or something like that. Uh, and because um, they're well-known, they're, well, uh, they're well-understood, we know how to fly them, um, some 135 operations uh, are allowed to use those aircraft under certain restrictions, obviously, um, in their 135 operation that as long as they don't carry passengers, They're basically just carrying cargo and freight. Um, and there are other examples. Maybe the Beach 1900D qualifies. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but... Um, over time, you know, there's some uh, more gray areas, and that's good, probably a good title for this episode. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, maybe we'll leave it at that. I, I thought maybe the 121 versus 135 might be a useful distinction in helping me to understand what is GA, but I think that's a there's a big rabbit hole there that we went a little ways down, but we should – we should scurry back out. Yeah, I, I mean, start with one night part with one nineteen one nineteen one nineteen dot one, and and go from there, and then you know do some cross referencing, do some cross referencing, do some mm-hmm. clicking, click some links, look at it. Um, it's not you know for shorthand purposes. Again, we, we all fall back to GA is everything other than scheduled and military slash uh, public, and. That still pretty much holds true. I can buy, go out and buy a, uh, a DC-9, as Hugh Hefner did back in the day, and configure it and fly it. It weighs, it has a greater, it seats more than 20 passengers. It uh, has a maximum payload capacity greater than 6,000 pounds. But because I'm not using it in common carriage, it's still a Part 91 operation. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to, to, to take apart here, and maybe we should move on. Um We've kind of, though, not. We haven't advanced advanced the uh, the knowledge here today. I'm sorry about that. Maybe maybe we'll let me do some research and I'll see if I can come up with some some intelligent questions to ask you or the internet and uh, and return we'll, to this later. We'll start with the internet, would you? Because you know I, I'm all out of intelligent answers. You guys are way more fun than the internet, and that's saying a lot. Um, but you're not going to the right sites, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a series uh, of tubes. It's a series of tubes. Uh, anyways, all right. Well, see, this next one is kind of a rabbit hole too. I mean, I'm thinking we're going to save this next one for another time because uh, we're sort of reaching the end of our allotted time here. Well, um, it's, it's interesting though because because I and I don't have that reference in front of me because I just did an article for safety that I put to bed last week. Um, okay. What is it we're talking about? We're talking about the VFR flight plans. Yes, is we there, are. But, is, but there the listeners place? don't know that. But the yes. listeners don't know yes. that. Yes. Uh, what's so what's the, is, is there a place for VFR flight plans? Yes, yes. there is. In, in this day and age. Because, yes, I mean, certainly when I learned to fly thir- 25 years ago, it was a given that, you know, when you were going to go any distance at all, you followed a flight plan. Cause, and now you say, now what do you think now? Yes, there certainly still is a place for VFR flight plans. I was just having this conversation here with my my buddy. Um, This is still a country where you can get in an airplane, um, fly coast to coast, and as long as you do it correctly and plan correctly and the weather's good, you don't have to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And clearly that's a VFR operation. Now, 
um, the reason, one, the best reason, the only real reason in today's operations that you would file a flight VFR flight plan is for search and rescue purposes. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. Okay. If Mm -hmm. you don't get to, to your file destination by such and such a time plus an hour or whatever it is, um, they will come looking for you. Yes. And they for will be ticked off if you yeah. just forgot for, to close the flight exactly, plan. Exactly, for yes. better or worse, yes. yes. You'll have to deal with, you know, half a dozen irate high school students wearing CAP uniforms. Yeah, yeah, right, or worse. But, yeah, so having said that, let me just kind of express it a different way uh, or, or a different perspective on this. Um, flight following doesn't ultimately care whether you disappear from their control. Is that right? In other words, I've talked to people who say, well, I don't file a, fly- a VFR flight plan, but I'm always under flight following. All right. And, uh, and I go, and my thought is that that doesn't trigger the same kind of, of follow-up. Um, if you're under flight following and you just disappear from their, their communication, they, they probably won't fall, try and find you. Is that correct? <sighs> <laughs> Dave, you, go you, ahead. You sigh like this is more of an open question than I realized. Um, it, maybe they will. In my in my experience, if I'm on VFR flight following and I miss a call, uh, they start checking around to see if anybody else can get me on the frequency. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I'm glad. That's. I just didn't expect that. Go ahead. Well, and the. the uh, what makes VFR flight following work at its best is doing it when you filed a flight plan. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, they know you're coming. They know you're going. You got somebody to talk to along the way to help you with separation, although they're not responsible for separation. Like if you're on an IFR flight plan. Right. Uh, But in my mind, the two go hand in hand, a flight plan and flight following. Yeah. And go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. Uh, No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that. uh, And so it's interesting what David just said, that the two go together very, very well. Um, And given that they go together so well, it's even more, I don't know, crazy or or, or irrational or whatever that people don't do flight VFR flight plans more often, given that it is so crazily easy to file a VFR flight plan these days. Um, You know, I mean, when I had, when I, when I was learning to fly, basically the only way to do it was to get on the phone and either talk to a computer, you know, talk to a recorder. I wasn't even a computer. Um, talk to a recorder or or a, or a briefer, um, and uh, and that was you know inconvenient, awkward, stressful, all those things. And so you were you know that was the motivation not to do it. Um, these days. You can file a VFR flight plan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from ForeFlight, you know, and and from other of these of these flight, you know, you know tablet yeah. flight aid systems. The answer right? to that is yes, you can. You know, and so why would you not? I guess maybe that's maybe comes that's maybe the real question. Not is there a place, but why the heck would you not do it every single time? I, I've never gotten a good answer to that from anybody that resists filing a VFR flight plan. Because uh, I don't, I don't want the government doing knowing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's, damn it. that's the Bruh, most common. I know, huh? Yeah, that's the most common one. And I was yeah. once hitching a ride with a young man to a little town in Wisconsin, <laughs> and uh, we were about to penetrate a, a Bravo airspace. Yep. And we hadn't been talking to anybody. We're squawking twelve hundred. Uh, and I offered to call up the facility and get us cleared to this Bravo airspace, which was thick with airline traffic. And he said, Oh, I, I don't worry about that. And he reached over and he turned off the freaking transponder. Oh yeah. Not, All right. not on standby, baby turned it off. Okay. And I'm looking at departing traffic from the airport at the center of this Bravo and going, now they can't see us. He goes, yeah, that means now the government doesn't know where we are or where we're going. I said, yeah, that means that their collision avoidance system won't see us before it runs us down. Yeah, it's like, uh, and he said, oh, what are the chances of that? And uh, it on. And I made it a, a, a hard and fast rule, still in effect today, to never, ever set foot in an aircraft with that guy again. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I have four words in, yeah. that, in that instance, three inch registration numbers. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> especially yeah. now. Yeah. And especially now, I mean, it's like there, well, there are systems that can see that stuff for sure. Let, let's go back to your original question. Um, VFR flight plan, does it have value? Absolutely. It does. And the, the article I was working on that, that uh, touched on this topic had to do with um, uh, crashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know survival gear and preparation and things like this, and came across some statistics and I can't uh, pull it up right now, but it talked about the time from uh, the elapsed time from the accident or the event occurring to a notification of SAR assets to rescue. And there are averages, obviously, here. And I think there's also some, some you know, Alaska bias in some of these numbers, too, uh, that, that tend to, would, would tend to lengthen the, um, the, the times, the average times. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on your sources, these times are all over the map. But it, c- it could be like 1.1 hours uh, if you're on an IFR flight plan. It could be 6-point-something hours. And this is all to notification, not rescue. 6-point-something uh, hours to, to notification if you're a VFR flight and yada, yada, yada. Now, I also think that these values are dated. I think that uh, that's not the current state-of-the-art uh, for notification of, uh, uh, of a missing aircraft or or. Uh, rescue of that uh, particular aircraft either. Um, so, and But that's just from flight plan filing. And of course, if you don't file a flight plan, the numbers increase astronomically, okay? Whether it's via IFR or VFR. Uh, so let's let's put that part of it aside. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I, I would comment on is, um, is VFR flight following and whether or not if you drop off the frequency, you're going to generate an alert of any kind and the answer is maybe um vfr vfr flight following is a a workload permitting service atc offers and typically if you somehow lose vfr flight following a lot of it a lot of the reason for losing it may have to do with the controller's workload he loses track of you he doesn't have he or she loses track of you he or she doesn't get back to you and say, where are you and what are you doing or something like that, or you miss a frequency change or you fly off his scope and, and, um, he forgets about you. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of depends on how you set up your VFR flight following. Also, if you're flying out of a terminal area and fly out of its radar coverage and, um, without having told the controller, say, I'm going from A to B. I want flight following. I want you to hand me off to another facility or the next facility. Um, if you don't do that, the controller would say, if you, if you do say that, I should say, uh, that I want to be handed off to, into this facility and yada, yada, yada on this flight, the controller will basically set up a VFR strip for you. And that gets passed from facility to facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but stuff happens and... Yes, you can get lost, and ATC can forget about you on VFR flight following. Now, some of that can happen on IFR. Two days ago, when I'm flying up here, I'm talking to uh, Washington Center. They give me a frequency change. I dial up the frequency. It's nothing but static. It's almost like there's a stuck mic on the frequency. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, this isn't working. Made a couple of calls. Is trying to get handed off to Roanoke Approach. And I uh, said, so, well, this isn't working. So I went back to uh, the center frequency, told the guy what was going on. He didn't hear me correctly and gave me a frequency for a different aircraft that was also having a similar issue. So I dialed in that frequency and got nothing else. So I, you know, I, I don't want to go back to center and make, you know, be that guy for this 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 controller that afternoon so i pulled up my efb mm-hmm. and i said i know it's roanoke that he wants me to talk to i pulled up roanoke i looked at the communications frequencies i looked at the sector that i was in relative to roanoke punched that frequency into the radio hello roanoke it's me do you know who i am yes we do thank you for calling uh clear direct destination have a great day and yada 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, so even when you're IFR, they can lose track of you. Now, what would happen if they lost track of me is 
um, um, another another conversation entirely. But here's here's where we come full circle, and here's the real punchline here. Um, if you've got ADSB, they will track you till the till the the pip stop being received. Right, and I go through a lot of accident reports as, as I think most listeners know uh, each month when I'm, when I'm doing the magazine and um, it's frequent. I, every month I come across a couple of accidents that involve an air ADSB equipped aircraft that um, they managed to, that was involved in an accident that they managed to find by just going to the end of the, of the breadcrumb trail. Mm-hmm. on ADSB and within a couple of miles of that last point is where the wreckage was found. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So that's where I come back also to where this, this, these, the number of hours involved, um, um, between IFR, VFR and no flight plan, the numbers that I was talking about a few moments ago and the numbers in the magazine, which I also, uh, um, made a comment about to this, to this extent, none of that reflects the reality of ADSB. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new, somewhat of a new world. And uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Reach the end of our allotted times. Thank you, guys. It's uh, it's always fun. Uh, it's really always fun to get together. And 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 Jeb, we're going to see you later today. We're going to drink some beer and uh, and uh, sit on a little outdoor patio someplace and enjoy the uh, beautiful fall weather here in New Hampshire, which you're going to consider to be freezing cold, I'm sure. But uh, I only brought one pair of long pants, so I'm but, just going to be, yeah. be gentle. I'm looking forward to this, to that aspect of it for sure. Anyways, uh, thank you very much. That's Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a uh, freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter as AvSafetyMag. You can also find him at AEA.net and AvWeb.com. On Twitter, he is Burnside J. And that's Dave Higdon. Dave's an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Av Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at avbuyer.com and aea.net. On Twitter, he is Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the usual places with the all one word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter slash Jack Hodgson, YouTube slash Jack Hodgson, Patreon slash Jack Hodgson. You can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the books section, and you can sign up for the Around the Field email newsletter at aroundthefield.net. Hey, David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Well, if you hadn't noticed by now, we're all older than we were when we started this, and we get to add to that by going flying because flying's not subtracted from your lifespan. I mean, look at how old Captain Kirk is. I I know. We'll talk about that next episode, but yes. uh, You done? I'm done. That's enough talking then. Let's go flying. And remember, you can either work for a living or you can fly.